Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a great driving day special edition. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. Can spot you. You're the one who's written the headline for yeah, this. Yeah, you noticed a very short <laughs> title, which is pronounceable. And I've checked. There's no crazy alliteration. There's nothing like that. It's it's easy to say. Okay, so what is this great driving day then? Well, the folks at Great Escape Cars invited a book, invited me. At, well, and you, but you couldn't make it. And a bunch of other social media users along to try out one of their classic car driving experiences. So we've done these before. Yes. So this, so many of you who've listened for a long time uh, will uh, will know what this is all about. But Great Escapes do a few things as far as car hire goes. So they've got a fleet of classic and modern classic cars uh, and there's a few things you can do with those you can either hire them for i think it's 90 minutes as a sort of taster session and the reason for this is that if you go out and if you re- try and rent a car for an entire a classic car for an entire weekend then you spend a couple of hundred pounds at least and you get a car that's quite old and you love the first hour or so First hour to 90 minutes, it's like, whoa, this is brilliant. I'm driving an E-Type. This is fantastic. Look at me. Uh, this is genius. And then after that, it's sort of the experience tends to fade off a little bit. And you're like, well, the heater doesn't work very well. And, well, it's making a funny noise. And, oh, uh, I guess we should take it somewhere. And then, oh, what if it doesn't start again? And you end up with all these kind of things. So they reckon that that first 60 to 90 minutes is the absolute sweet spot of trying out a classic car. At that point, you have driven a Porsche 911. You have driven an E-Type. You have driven an XJS. So they do those tasters, which let you try one. Just do daily hire if you do want to or need to hire a car for an entire day uh, or more than one entire day uh, to try them out for whatever reason. And the last thing they do is they do road trips. So they go from half a day to a full day, which is most of them, to two days if you're going out to the Evo Triangle and the the Black Mountains and stuff. The idea of these is that you're there with a loved one or a friend or whoever beside you, and uh, you, you can try a number of classic cars within the one day so you get maybe an hour or 90 minutes and then you swap to another one for an hour or 90 minutes uh or 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 possibly a shorter period Uh, so you do get to try these for a continued series of sweet spots in classic cars so what we did uh, was we were there to try uh it was a new route it wasn't one of their standard ones so we went around warwickshire and the cotswolds starting off from the basin in redditch and we went and stopped for lunch at Caffeine and Machine as well. So that was the kind of format of the day. Mm-hmm. So there were a whole bunch of us. I mean, there were like 15 pairs, give or take. I think there weren't quite. I think there were 14 pairs. There was a few friends of the show. There were many friends of the show. Many friends. So it was also a good chance to catch up with them and to mess about and be very silly and, and have a generally pleasant day with a bunch of people that you liked. There were loads of people that I didn't know and that I didn't end up speaking to because I didn't know who they were. And then it was only later. It was like, oh, you were there. So, which was a bit <laughs> weird. So, sorry. Blacktop Media. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, loads of people from, from Rearview on there as well. So, uh, Hannah Gordon, uh, Carlton Boyce, Chris Pollock, Rich Gooding, Ashley Winson, David Austin, 
and then loads of other people that we know. It's very disappointed that there wasn't the rear view picture. There wasn't. I didn't realize until later. In fact, I didn't realize until earlier on when I was looking at this. I was like, oh, wow, so many people. You've, you've let us down, Alan. Let me I have. I have. Well, the trouble was, you see, there was no, one person. No, there's no excuses. Well, there was one person no, I didn't no, no, want no, no, to no, no, upset. No, 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 no. For various reasons to do with rear view recordings. So uh, that would just, of course, yes, upset I, and No, I, I understand that, and I am going to rectify that mm-hmm. just as soon as I can get a calendar to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, try five five different cars. Okay, then. So you were starting, what time did you start off in the morning? When, when did you uh, first We were leave? relatively late this time, about 10 o'clock. All right, okay. okay. So what, well, first of all, who were you with? Who was the poor, poor person that was subjected to you for a day? I was with the front seat driver himself, Mr. Phil Hoff. I'm very sorry, Phil. I am so sorry for your... Well, don't feel too sorry for him. Because he did, he did, you know, inflict, inflict terror on me at least once. I did actually shut my eyes and grab the grab handle. <laughs> and I'm not the best, I'm not the best, uh, the best passenger in the world. But yes, the, the grab handle was, was clutched and the eyes were definitely closed at one roundabout. Okay. Early in the day. All right. So, what was your first car? First car was a Ford Mondeo ST200. Now, I'm not a massive Ford person. No, no. I'm not a Gary. But I've always quite hankered after trying one of these. Yes. I think that there was, at the end of the day... There was a spike of searches for ST200 on Autotrader. Ah, okay. Okay. Because uh, it was super popular with people who'd, who'd driven it. I mean, there are other cars where people are like, oh, my God, bad luck, you've got that next. Um, But everyone was like, yeah, we like the ST. So, so, so Phil, <coughs> uh, when, he, when he'd asked if... if if I would would buddy with him on this, uh, had said, "Oh, uh, by the way, I've made a request," and I said, "Oh, good, that'll be that'll be nice." But I didn't ask what it was. I thought, "Oh, it'll be something nice. That'll be good." And we arrived, and he's like, "Oh, look at this. We've got it first. Oh, I love this so much." I was like, "What the heck, Philip? You have finally lost your mind." <laughs> I might not have used exactly those words. The words crazy and fool might have come into it. But, Getting um, the day off to a good start, hey, Alan? <laughs> and some other language. <laughs> but it's this really, I mean, it, this is a 20-year-old car. Did it feel like a 20-year-old car? Yes and no. Oh, okay. Yes in, a, yes in a good way. I'm presuming the interior, the interior gave it away a little bit. A little bit. I mean, there are a couple of uh, special surprise delight features uh, that we discovered fairly quickly in fact before we'd even you know turned the ignition the ignition key um but it did a bit but then it, it it also didn't i mean it was a soft it was a soft touch dashboard you know the the seats are all leather and comfortable and the you know the dashboard looks modern and it all works and it's got air conditioning it's got cruise control I don't think they had cruise control, but it's got steering wheel controls for the the stereo. It's got a CD player. It's it's got comfy leather. It's got a heated windscreen. You know, there's lots of really really good mod cons that you would expect in there. 
without so from that point of view it's very much it's very much there and it's very much modern it's it's fast it's smooth you know it's all these things you'd expect from a, a modern sports saloon mm-hmm. but where it differed was that it felt light and direct and immediate and i mean this one had traction control mm-hmm. which worked uh and well the first rule was was you know graham did his intro and says now of course there's no racing there's no you know there's no to no wheel spinning none of that kind of stuff and then of course you get to the first junction and it's still a little bit damp but you're like away from it uh, you're on it th- you're on it yeah that's before the speed camera yes uh, <laughs> but it was how light and direct it all felt. Because of course, it's, it's hydraulic power steering, it's smallish wheels, it's it's all these kind of things. And so it was all the best of, of a modern car in terms of the kit in it mm-hmm. and in terms of stuff working, uh, as well as the things that are really nice about something that is a little bit older. And it, it gives, you, gives you a real... Um, yeah, it just gives you a real appreciation uh, of of handling and driving and 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 just where some stuff's maybe a little bit numb with the whole pursuit of Nurburgring times and all that kind of thing because I mean this had ride comfort for goodness sakes in a sporty car sporty car with ride comfort and comfy squidgy seats but were still supportive and it was a gorgeous color because of course that racing blue yes I think that's the color that does. I'm sure someone called Gary will correct me, but yeah, suited uh, but, incredibly well. Yeah, it was just it was a crack. It was a really nice way to start the day, and and so I had to apologise to Phil for extracting the urine. So you were surprised then with that? Yes. Okay. Yes, I was surprised and delighted. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I liked it lots. Okay. So I how long how long were you in the car for? Oh, um, uh, it was about four. I think no, it was a bit less than that. It was five cars, okay, uh, and not a particularly long route. So, so maybe forty minutes a car generally. Mm-hmm. It was stints of maybe tw- these were short. These stints, I think, because there were so many of us, and because of the route, it's a much shorter route than normal. Then the stints were shorter than they have been in previous, um, previous trips into Wales and stuff. Okay. So, so the, the, you know, it was maybe a twenty mile to twenty five mile stint each time. All right, okay. So, what did you swap into? So, once we had some coffee, uh, we swapped into a Jaguar Mark II, a Jag. I do like a Mark II. I do like Great Escapes Mark Twos. Um, that's good. I mean, this this was all the you know all the cliches. It was all Morse and mm-hmm. Oxford, although we were in Warwickshire at that point, and wood and leather and Smith styles, and there was a leaper on the bonnet, and it was dark green, and it, it looked absolutely amazing. Yeah, really did. It looked fabulous, and you know we're pottering through the Cotswolds, and we kind of lost track, uh, lost our way a little bit on the. So we ended up taking an alternative route. <laughs> No, we missed the, pretty much the second junction, and then so just chose an alternative route that we were going to take um, to get to where we needed to be, uh, and did so within you know we were definitely not last, and we were definitely not way too early, so it worked out quite nicely. Uh, but there was so going through uh, some of the villages in the Cotswolds, 
which were thronged with tourists, then uh, they then it was getting a lot of admiring looks. Mm. Uh, what they weren't really admiring so much was my driving standard in this. I found this very hard to drive. Yeah, yeah, it was a huge. I mean, after the the Mondeo, I would say I found it was probably a, quite a culture shock. It was a massive culture shock. Were you having to double declutch and stuff like that, or did it not need that? No, I was just mostly jerking. I, I, the, I found the throttle was a little sticky. You either had nothing or lots. Oh, okay. And so it was a bit um every time I went to move off, uh, which was a bit embarrassing because that's not really how I like to drive at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, in real life, uh, if you were driving it for longer, I'm sure you'd have time to get rid to to get used to all those things. I mean, I I, I loved it for what it was. I wished it was an automatic. Okay. Uh, also, I mean, a part of the trouble I had, part of the reason I had trouble was the flipping overdrive and I kept being in the wrong gear and all sorts of stuff like that. Just nasty. Mm-hmm. As I say, I found it hard. Phil said it was the best of the five or six that he's driven. So, uh, so you know, it's probably not so much of an issue with the car as much as with the car and driver combination at that point. Perhaps um, if you'd started with that rather than the Mondeo. Yes. Mm. But we wouldn't have had all the carpet samples to carry around. <laughs> so I, I've decided that Jaguar-wise, I'm an XJS and onwards man. Okay, that's fair enough. Because I'm not a huge E-Type fan either. No, I, I've I've driven an E-Type and that's enough now for me. But yeah. I would quite like another go in a Mark II. I just, I just liked the the theatre of it all. I adored the dashboard. The dash, I really loved the, the interior. View, the, the the view down the bonnet's brilliant. It's it's just and the tiny thin steering wheel. <laughs> oh yeah, well, absolutely brilliant. And you know, the steering was fine and stuff as well. I mean, it was. You know, it's an old car. None of these are perfect examples because they're working cars. So yeah. They're not like museum pieces. Um, and, but, you know, the interior was wonderful. The leather, the, you're right, that steering wheel, the spindly stalks, the, um, the, the those dials, as I say, the, the, the array of toggle switches across the middle. Wonderful, wonderful place to be. Brilliant place to be. Yeah, I, I totally appreciated that. I just, I just wasn't. I, I just, I, my driving and it were not really compatible. Okay, that happens. That happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't be happy all the time. No, exactly. No. Right. So, so was that this... did us until lunchtime. I was going to say at lunchtime. So now you're at uh, caffeine and machine. Yes. Okay. Seems like everybody's been there now, except for me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, there were lots and lots of people uh, who had never been. Okay. So it was kind of cool. And if you are put off, I was going to say this at the end. I'll say it now that seeing as I happen to mention lunchtime. If you find that it's going to, if you think it's going to be too busy on a Saturday and Sunday, and the space booking arrangements are difficult and upsets you, or any of these things, which they've got to do to make it manageable, I think you know. Yeah a victim of being incredibly popular in their own and, and, and being successful, then Friday lunchtime seems a pretty good second shot. I mean, it, it wasn't hurt too much by the fact that a, a certain friend of the show, Mr. Goy was there mm-hmm. with both his nice new car and also the uh, McLaren 720, I think, that he had. 
under DB11. There was a DB11 there. Uh, no. No, there wasn't. It was a Vantage that was there. Smarty Pants. And then... Well, no, no, there was a Vantage there. Uh, and then the... And then a whole bunch of cars from Aston Martin. Or a whole bunch of Aston Martin press cars and engineers all rocked up uh, as okay, well. Right. And then some right. JLR people rocked up because it's Friday lunchtime and they're... they're um, offices are just up the road and then there was loads of other people and then there were lots of there were plenty of punters on a sunny friday lunchtime if you're handy enough to be able to do that then that seems like a pretty good time to go and lunch was nice as well Mm. lunch was good okay so not only is the setting good and the people who turn up interesting and interesting things are brought there but the the food and the service yes. is good as well so it's lovely and friendly and nice cool. and so so they've got the they've got yeah. the full thing working yeah. really yeah. well at the minute and and good. especially I'm, you know I'm to get pleased for them because they put exactly, a lot of to get 30 odd um uh burgers and salads and stuff um because we were in the teepee so it all had to sort of come across the come very quickly across the car park uh so to get it across there and it to still be hot and everything uh, took no small feat of logistics on the behalf of the kitchen and the waiting staff. So, well done, folks. And just pleasant and nice as well. So, you know, it's so hard dealing with groups, although it's you know a relatively sympathetic and well-behaved group. Um, you know, they just... And, and they seem to have that nail on, nailed on Friday lunchtime. So, really good. Right, so what did you get into after that, then? Uh, after that, we had a, a little bit of Swedish, and we had... Was essentially Graham's own Saab 900 Turbo, so one of 250 or so, I think. I'm doing, um, I'm doing really well here with all the cars you've tried mm. so far. I am incredibly cross. I could, yeah, not I make know. It. I'm sorry. This is and recording this is a <laughs> no, bit no, like rubbing going, it in. Quite it is badly. hardly your fault. <laughs> it, it is hardly your fault. On the plus side, I got to drive with someone else. Well, yes. So there's no tears. Yeah. <laughs> so take me through the wonderful 900 Turbo. Well, this 900 Turbo, I mean, this is a 200 and something thousand mile car. It's just had a new uh, complete engine rebuild after it sort of did a naughty um, on Paul Woodford, wasn't it? Um, and this is one of, I think it's about 250 two-door Saab 900 turbos. So it's actually a saloon. And supposedly that was to use up two-door body shells that they had sort of left over in Trondheim. Uh, not Trondheim. Trollhattan. Um, and it was, it was lovely inside. The seats were fantastic. Um, you know, the full proper Saab seats. They had a little tag on them that said it was Bridge of Wheel leather as well, especially for Saab, <laughs> which I love. Yeah, which is just a nice touch. Um, and the... Just just the, that sort of nice Saabness of, oh, look, that's where the things are. Yeah. That's there, and the dashboard. There, there is... I, I don't think there is an interior like a Saab. There isn't. There isn't. I, I agree with you. And that 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 key down in the middle, uh, the the sort of very flat. That, it's like looking out of I don't know. It's like looking out of a pillar box. And yours is a bit the same, to be honest. It's not not to quite the same degree. Yours isn't to quite the same degree because it is that bit newer. Mm-hmm. But it's but it, it is. It's it's like you're 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 looking at this wonderfully safe thing. 
It's just the feeling you get. It's all considered. It's all safe. And then what happens is you put your foot down. And you think, there's not much in this. You say, God, this is really showing its 80s-ness. It's an 80, I think it's an F plate. F or G, so 88, 89. Not much, not much, not much, not much. Oh my goodness me! Here's all the power. <laughs> you know, you know, turbo lag. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's one thing you need to know about this. It's turbo lag. For goodness sakes, do not jam your foot to the forearm first, because I did that once, and um, some Mister Huff is threatening me with his his uh, the bill for his uh, his physiotherapist. But I did it once and I think I nearly got yes, away with it. No, no, definitely not. I did not get away with it. But uh, as it goes up and the noise it makes, the pull, the 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 just the, the full on just thrust the thing has, because it's not a particularly heavy car either. And it's so narrow as well. And it was just oh, it was brilliant. Loved it lots. Really yep. I laughed and I'm and other people have said this to me as well. They said, we got in this and we laughed from getting into it to getting out of it. So brilliant. Loved it. Absolutely adored it. Did you... I remember driving the red one. No, this is the white one. I know it's the white one. But I drove the red one many years ago now. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe how modern it felt inside. Yes. Yes, it did. Even though the materials are not, and some of the, you know, obviously there's a a stereo with a tape deck. It was a black point Freiburg. It was a right, right back to my. So much of it felt modern, like the positioning of dials, the positioning Mm -hmm. of switches, and the way things were catered to the driver, which was different to the passenger. It just felt really modern inside. Mm -hmm. The red one's newer, if I remember Mm -hmm. rightly. So this one, yes, just just the same. I mean, everything feels conveniently to hand, uh, but it, it is. It's it's got that same, and that just goes to show how stuff wasn't. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, that's so true. That's true. Even, I mean, it didn't feel more modern than the Mondeo because the Mondeo was all you know, wavy plastics and yeah, yeah stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it just no, everything's just right. You can see mm. why they had such incredible loyalty and aficionados yes. of it because it's and the whole where the whole architect and designer thing comes from because it's all oh, there absolutely absolutely, absolutely. There. because somebody someone of that ilk will get in that car and go oh the, the, they've really the, thought about the, this I am I'm I'm where I need to be type thing the, the word the design word is resolved that's. Mm. And that's how the interior fell to that car. Everything was resolved. It was all thought out, worked out, and finished. Yeah, just brilliant. And and it got it was getting universal love on, on for um, you know on the day. It, it really was. Everyone was going, "We like that. We like that an awful lot." Understandable. Mm-hmm. So, would you stop for another coffee break, or was it just swap over of cars by now? It was a great swap over in a lay-by. Really, nothing dodgy to be seen here. Move along, move along. No, there's only ten people. Although some pretty, gr- there were some fairly grumpy locals. Were people, eh? Kill. They're all my way, and they toot, and then they wouldn't even wave or acknowledge. They would do the whole nose up in the air and drive forward. There's boy, the Cotswolds. What do you expect? <laughs> so, what did you um, quickly jump into? 
we quickly uh, jumped into a Porsche 996 Carrera 2, the 40-year celebration special edition. Oh, it's going well for me. Well, yeah, well. I, I'm, mm. I'm almost loath to ask this question. So, Alan, talk me through what it's like to drive a 911. Ugh. Well, I've always avoided attainable ones. The only 911 I've driven before is a Carrera a 991 a Carrera 2 GTS. That would look good on your drive. With the 7-speed manual. Yes, it would look lovely on my drive. If anybody would like to give me a long-term one, that would be fantastic. However, when it comes to actual Porsche purchasing, then this is closer to my budget. Okay. Sadly. <laughs> Uh, the trouble is, this is going to sound like a whole bunch of cliches, okay? So let's let's narrow it down to what you'd expect, really. I mean, it sounded great, uh, Boxer 6, engine-making sort of Beetle Plus-type noises out the back. Uh, the steering just felt great. The, the You know, it was direct. It was quite light because, of course, there's very little weight over it. The gear change in the six-speed box was short but not confusing. It was perfectly weighted. The clutch and the controls weren't too heavy. They weren't too light. They were just right. I mean, it's like blah, 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 blah. Oh, this was a 3.6, by the way. It sounds like almost everything the opposite of what the Mark II was for you. It felt like this fitted you like a glove, whereas you really struggled with the Mark II. Yes. That's quite annoying then. So how how's the yes. um how many have you got saved on Auto Trader? Cuz I've always avoided driving these. Yeah. Uh there's there's been a search there on Auto Trader for ages. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a new thing. This is a thing that I have always avoided doing anything about it. But now you have actual evidence and experience. Sadly, yes. <laughs> this is and it says in the notes here, this is giving me existential vehicular issues. I don't see what the problem is. Everyone's saying, what would you, what would you re- replace the Yaris with? And it's like, nothing. There's nothing else on the market that I desire at the moment. Quite happy. Nothing else on the market I desire. And then this, and this is like, yeah, that's the Joker. That's the Joker that's been sitting there for years, which I have refused to do anything about. No, you can't help but do something about it. No, I can quite easily continue to avoid it. What I can do is I can go to my mate Dave at Be Cool and go, Dave, tell me about nine nine sixes, and Dave will list as a as you know someone who who knows his Porsches and is a bit of a specialist in them will list all the problems, and can give me the prices for what it costs to fix them, and that will quite happily put me. Except up. that he is capable of fixing said problems, and you trust him and know him very well. <laughs> at- uh, and that he would come with me to look yes. at any. Yes, yes. Th- this is the problem. Yes. Here. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. So it was absolutely gorgeous. I would happily have this on my driveway. Of all the cars on the day, I mean, I loved the 900. It would be it would be great to own, but this is the one I would really love to have on my driveway, especially in this particular spec, because the original owner had fairly hit up the options list, which... As anyone who is who is spending some time, um, uh, and has some time to spare, uh, will have done that. The, the Porsche options list is a is a is a long and complex beast, <laughs> on which it is very easy to generate telephone numbers. 
Uh, and someone really had hit, hit it up for this one. So it had electric memory, heated seats, rear wipers, colored wheel crests, bows, nav, blah, 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 blah. Although, of course, if I was looking for one, I wouldn't want the nav because the nav is very out of date mm. these days. But no, this was, this was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I. Did they have to prize the keys from yes. your hands? Yes, we may have lied slightly. To point out that the people had decided that they, that that actually they wanted to stay in the car that they were in, uh, and that they'd said at the last coffee stop that that we could definitely have a double shotty of the nine nine six. Was Phil equally happy with the nine nine six? Yes. Is Phil now also searching for? So are we going to get to the point where you Possibly. two are going to be fighting over no. the car? Phil, Phil declared, yeah, because, you know, they're quite close to each other. Uh, Phil, uh, no, Phil declared it was no Corvette, was it? No, it's not under a cover. And I will leave it at that. Ooh, harsh, well, no, it is. Harsh. I never said there was anything else. I just said it was under a cover. It is under a cover. That was the last time I was there, anyway. So that took us from the sublime to the ridiculous, really, and we rounded off the day in the style that can only be provided by a Triumph Herald convertible. Oh, did this one have, like, the uh, James May mast? <laughs> no, but it would have helped the handling if it had. Ah, okay. So, oh, right. So were you down back to reality with quite a bump? Metaphorical. Bump. A bump. <laughs> Spine. Almighty sp- slam dunk into the pavement. Spine shuddering crash without, you know, again, metaphorical, in case Graham's mm-hmm. worried. <laughs> he needs to quickly check the car over. Well, the trouble with the with the Triumph Herald convertible, of course, is that it is inextricably linked in the British mind these days with the Thor herd in The Last of the Summer Wine. And because of my age, Rent a ghost as well is the other thing that I always consider about the the Triumph Herald convertible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's the work of well, the saloon is the work of Michelotti. I'm sure. Oh, gee, I'm going to get corrected on that. I'm sure. Um, Send all your complaints to Alan to, yes, on Twitter. Exactly. Thank you. Um, and the outside, the outside is you know it's it's got that little pseudo American fin going on at the back, and it's slightly angry at the front, and you know it's 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 all right. But inside, I mean, ergonomics are something that happens to other vehicles. I mean, we talked about the Saab earlier on and everything falling into place. I mean, it was, But do you not think that was, was all the time? There is no excuse for it. It was, as Chris Pollitt pointed out, right, you've got the steering column. You get in and you think, why is the steering column over there? Because it's like, it's like four inches off offset from you. And then the clutch is basically to the right-hand side of the steering column. And then it goes clutch, brake, accelerator, and there's, there's nothing on the left. And it's all, everything is just everywhere. And there's, you know, the room for your shoulder, whichever's your outer shoulder, whichever side you're sitting on, it makes the defender look feel spacious. You, you've got to sit in this kind of weird, the seat and the steering wheel bear no resemblance to each other. Nobody that signed that off had ever sat in the sodding thing. <laughs> yeah, and the steering wheel's massive. Of course, there's no, there's no, um, there's no power steering, of course. Um, but um, 
which you'd think that's brilliant. You'll get feel and directness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the I have driven tractors with smaller steering wheels. Um, <laughs> and I mean classic tractors with smaller steering wheels. Probably pr- produced by the Morris and the Nuffield company about the same kind of time. And uh, it'll also be pointed out that Triumph wasn't assumed into Leyland until much later than Morris. Yes, I know. Um, <laughs> but I feel I have to put these qualifiers in knowing yes, what our you listeners know our audience. like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the wheel, is, it's, an, it's an indication of desired direction, not actually a steering device. So well, I kind of want to go over here. I felt it should have had little handles poking out of it right the way around so I could just kind of, you know, do it like a ship. <laughs> Tie it off. When you got to a certain point, yeah, right? I'm, I'm exactly. roughly in the right yeah, direction. Kind of I'll just it... leave it here. <laughs> then you got this kind of weird wool because these have, um, is it not a beam rear axle, beam rear suspension? I should have looked this up, but they they had uh, a habit of of the wheels tucking under like an early beetle, but without the weight over them. Okay, so they are quite special in the handling department. I mean, I, I, you know, this is not a fast vehicle. It's fine. It's a one point five or something. I think. Again, I really should have done some research. But it potters along happily with the trucks, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, you wouldn't really want. To, uh, I mean, if, if they I mean, didn't have those side rails, you'd just drive underneath the trailer and hold on, wouldn't you? <laughs> be quicker, especially on hills. Which is fine, you know. You think, well, that's all right. It's not very quick. You think, well, if it was any faster, you'd die anyway, because the crash protection involves basically a spike going through you. Um, uh, or, or, you know, you're sandwiched between trucks, which is thrilling in its own special way. <laughs> and, you know, so it was a bit special. And, and that all sounds terribly negative, but we, we did get it for the last strip. And there was a couple of little bits of dual carriageway, which is not its, not its natural habitat. And the thing about a car like a Herald, a classic like a Herald, is... Is if you're if you're pottering, you know, for a pottering to a, a country pub on a Sunday for for lunch and a a pint of lager shandy, um, or a half pint of lager shandy, uh, and you know you you're going on a, a little um, perambulation around the the local vicinity. It, it's probably absolutely great. Just don't go near dual carriageways and don't go near trucks. Don't go near places that are actually mm-hmm. busy. But I actually, I actually prefer for all that, you know. There's a little bit of having it up in there, but not a huge amount. I did actually quite enjoy piloting it. There was a certain challenge to it, which I didn't find in the Mark II. So actually, (laughs) so yeah. So whilst it was, it was by any measurable factor a worse car than the Mark II. I did actually prefer driving it. I could actually find all the gears, for example. Which is something that can't necessarily be said for the 900. Well, when I say all the gears, I mean, there were four of them, and that's fine. I think there were four. And I could even find reverse, which is no small feat in itself. It was special. An experience. Yes, it was an experience, and that's it. And that's what the whole thing's about. Yes. It really was. It was a a day of, of trying stuff and reminding yourself why... Classic cars can be a bit pants, to be honest. How far we have come on technologically. <laughs> yeah. But what's really nice is it was such a great mix in there. You know, the I think the Herald was possibly the oldest. 
maybe held the mark too. I mean, even then, the difference between the two is absolutely massive. I'm sure the Herald was a bit newer, maybe. But just the progression and how far we've come. Yeah, you're right. That's that's really the, the key. And that. I think that really emphasizes why the driving day trying three, four, five cars out is yeah. is a brilliant thing that Graham has hit upon uh, and why yeah. he's focusing on it is because that was long enough in that Herald. If you'd got that for oh, the yeah. day, you'd be really disappointed by the end because you, you it would have been quite why, why would you why would you choose it for a well day? it would have been Sorry, quite unless... hard because it could have been a fond memory or you you know a family member had one or something like that by lunchtime if you've had it but you'd be going wow this is really quite hard work i'm having to concentrate so much because it is not like my i'm going my, to die. my hybrid yaris or whatever <laughs> <laughs> that I don't really have to think that much while I'm piloting it, and here I here I am yeah. genuinely doing everything. There is no question. So I, I think it's a great idea, and I think if people are intrigued at what what it's like to drive a classic modern classic, then they uh, they should give Graham and, and the Great Escape website a visit. Yeah, and the thing is, as I say, it starts from thirty four quid. It goes up to hundreds of pounds uh, for the the, the two days and stuff. They do a lot of their business, I think, is is a presence as well and yeah. gifts. Always wanted to drive a whole bunch of Jaguars. Let's both go on the the all day Jaguar one, for example, the British one. Yeah, the Jag- there's a Jaguar specific one. If, if you want to find out more, go to Great Escape Cars or one word dot co dot uk, and it will all be there. Um, Links, links as, as ever, ever in, in the, the show notes. notes. <laughs> You'd think we'd practice that. We really haven't. So yeah, do do go there. Do have a look um, at the very least to find out and then get in touch with Graham and the team. So yeah, a couple of thanks. Thanks to Graham for inviting us and thanks to everyone at Great Escapes, uh, both in front and behind the scenes who put in all the work to, to make it all happen. Uh, really, really was fantastic. Thanks to Phil for suffering me and only making me shut my eyes, grab the door handles once and utter some expletives. <laughs> And thanks to everyone else that was there. It was so cool to catch up. Loads of people, some of whom I hadn't met before, but have been conversing with on the Twitters and on the social media for quite some time. Um, it was so cool to meet you. Brilliant. Thank you to everyone. Excellent. There we go. On which toadying note. Yeah, that pretty much rounds us up. So don't forget that between now and the next time, you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts for the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and how, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. It really does matter. Andrew, if people wish to commiserate and wish to pick your brains for memories of the Allegro, which is no more, what's the best way to get in touch with you? If you wish to bring up bad memories like that, uh, do so via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you'll find me there. And Alan, if people would like to know exactly what it is Phil did to make you shut your eyes and whimper and call for mummy, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you directly? <laughs> Twitter, as ever, where I'm at AJP Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. Uh, we'll be back before very long. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.